Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master. My name is Megan Kelleher, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elkin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage, I'll be playing Soul Red Bluthammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Danny, I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Rob, I'll be playing Info Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. I'm Adam DeWeese, I go by he, him, and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard, who goes by they, them. Last time on Eclipse, you all traveled to the planet of Chandros. Uh, You had a new mission given to you by Captain Burke, and you were asked to come to this planet. It's a very oceanic planet, over 90% water, to respond to a distress call from some Aarakocra, who are allies with the Lord's Armada. When you got on the planet, um, just entering the atmosphere, you immediately were hit by a massive storm. And that already was kind of enough to almost crash your ship. It seemed like it was pulling you all down towards the ocean very quickly. And then after stabilizing, matters got even worse as you were attacked by three lightning drakes. You fought them all for uh, a couple minutes and they kept short-circuiting the eclipse, but you were able to repair it every single time, but it was was pretty annoying and you, you kept like just free falling and then catching yourself at the last moment. And then suddenly uh, three Aarakocra appeared. Two of them were holding some sort of platform between them on tethers that had like a giant cannon balanced on it. And the third one uh, had some sort of long spear and it actually fought one of these drakes head on. When we left off, you had both helped to defeat two of these drakes along with the cannon wielding Aarakocra and the third Aarakocra kind of like dropped down into the water as it was fighting one of these Uh, but just before we stopped the Aarakocra emerged back up into the air and the third drake was either defeated or retreating you no longer saw it in the storm and that's where we're going to start off so you're all on the ship and you did manage to stabilize the ship so even though the storm is still raging on you're all pretty much steady and uh, you see these three Aarakocra approaching the outside of your ship. There's that giant cannon, which is now just a couple of feet from you all, and then the Aarakocras themselves. And um, looking at the monitors, you'll see the one with the spear uh, waving one of its one of its arms. What is that a is that a friendly wave, or uh, do I need to shoot at it? <laughs> is it saying hi? Don't shoot it. Okay. Someone should wave back. Who's good at waving? With the. Cl- with the claw? <laughs> yeah, yeah, use that claw. I think I was in the claw for most of the last episode, th- so I think I might still be there. I'll, I'll pick uh, the controls back up and make it wave back at him. This Aarakocra is just, like, flying outside of the ship, and you can see it through the window in the helm. And, and it kind of, like, flinches as it just sees this giant, massive piece of metal 
like moving behind it suddenly and you actually see it like fly back uh, looking pretty confused and it seems to be like yelling something to the other two Aarakocra uh, as you're like moving this claw in between them but between the storm and them being outside you're not able to see what they're saying but he, you could like see him through the window we should wave our our hands and like stuff hand, hand adjacent appendages is there like an airlock type thing that we could like let them board the ship <laughs> so just waving quietly <laughs> through the window there is yeah there is an airlock that's outside the starboard gondola yeah info's at it right now uh Info's gonna uh, shake off his disguised self because he disguised himself as a tiny drake the last time <laughs> and doesn't want to get killed. And uh, then he's gonna just uh, like smack the wall a couple times and remove the enlarge on the ship oh, so yeah. everyone has an easier time moving around. <laughs> so the ship's gonna like yeah, shrink back down nice. and then he's gonna like climb out slowly and just sort of like wave his arms at them since he's already at the airlock anyway. You will see both of them react, at the very least, very surprised when the ship just suddenly shrinks down to literally half the size. Once again, he kind of has to, like, move so that he doesn't get hit with the giant, like, claw appendage as the size of the ship changes so rapidly, and it's, I guess, moving a little bit. But then when he sees Info waving, you'll see the air coker holding the spear fly over towards the, the door to the airlock. So are you activating it since you don't require air yourself i mean i guess i guess you're not in the atmosphere so i guess there is oxygen here you could assume what do you want to do are you just like hanging out the door yeah info's just like popped the hatch open and is just like waving them down to come down and talk okay so yeah this air coker is going to soar down towards the front of the airlock and then land on the the little piece of like metal that kind of extends like a like a boarding bridge and he's going to speak to you um, and you can tell that he's speaking like in his air coker language, but because of the automatic translator device, it's just essentially switching to common as you listen to him. Hello, I see your ship is from the Lord's Armada. I am Axel. It is nice to meet you. And he's going to like kind of lean his spear up against the wall, uh, attempting to look non-threatening. So that's not like pointed at you. Uh, Info's gonna kind of look him over. And he's just gonna look at him and go, Oh, hey, uh, yeah, we're here from the Lord's Armada. Um, I'm not really the diplomat of the crew, <laughs> and I'm not good with people. And yeah, why don't you come on in? He's just gonna like slide down the ladder. Certainly. We have been waiting for you for many days now. Did you travel well? And he's going to walk in deeper into the ship, just kind of admiring uh, the inside of it. Um, the way he's dressed and the level of technology that he appears to have on him is nothing like what you're all wearing. It's not like a space suit. It's just like normal clothing. And on top of that, it's like soaked and it's it's it doesn't cover much. It seems like. And, and you also notice when the just from opening the door, it's actually pretty uh, warm and humid here as well. But um. He's going to, yeah, walk into the ship. Info's going to uh, look back and go, uh, have you guys uh, been flying for long? I mean, are your arms tired or uh, I, like, how does this uh, 
yeah, I'm not good with small talk either. Let's just uh, go in and talk to the others here. He's just gonna like lead him in. He looks pretty confused as he looks down at his arms and then moves his wings that are separate. I'm afraid I don't understand. Are you the ones they sent to help us? Yeah, this is... Yeah, we're all you got. Um, yeah, come on. Hey, guys! We got a guest! Yeah, who's the first person he sees uh, walking onto the starboard gondola? Yeah, I mean, Silverhead would have been in the engine room. Okay, so as Info's leading Axel onto the ship, he's going to see Solred and go, Hello, your assistant here was was just helping me. He said that you're the ones that have been sent here to help. Do all of your ships have such sophisticated cyborgs? And he's like touching the back of Info, <laughs> like not realizing this is a sentient person. I think that goes over Silverhead's head a little bit, but she's like, well, this Gary's okay, I guess. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think most of our ships have a Gary. Uh, but hello, uh, I'm I'm Solred Bluthammer with the Lord's Armada. Uh, we've been sent here to meet with you all. Doctor Shepard will be walking into the room too at that. Ah, wonderful! It is nice to meet you, Solred. Gary. Thank you for your assistance. And he's going to pat Info on the elbow. Uh, uh, oh, that's... That's not Gary. Uh, that's, that's Info. Gary's... The, the ship... AI? You're in Gary. <laughs> I am Gary. Do you require assistance? That's Gary. <laughs> Info's just going to look over at Rodney, who's already bringing over a cup of coffee. And he's just going to kind of like give him a gym face and then just <laughs> walk off. It's your problem now. The air cooker will jump when Gary's voice just suddenly comes out of nowhere, and it's pretty loud, just like the rest of you. He's not really used to the Gary voice, and uh, he's just looking around. And all of you are from the Lord's Armada, here to help. That's correct. Yep. Oh. I was hoping they would send more. Did you not hear of our problem? Mm. I, I take out Apricot and make sure he can see her. Oh, well, I'm going to take out Howard and put Howard on my shoulder. Yeah, yeah. As you can see, we have perhaps more uh, more crew than you originally noticed. Did you see the coffee maker? He walks forward towards Apricot. I thank you for your gift. I'm afraid I have nothing in return. And he starts to reach for mm. Apricot. Uh, no. No, 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 no. I, no, I snatch her away. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I must have misunderstood. I suppose this one will do. And he starts reaching for Howard. No! Uh. No. <laughs> I'm going to say telepathically to the others. Is, is, is he trying to eat our friends? Um, I apologize for the cultural misunderstanding. Nothing on this ship is food unless it's a can of beans. Just a good general rule. We've got lima beans. Oh. Info's going to pop his head back around the corner. Who's getting eaten? No one. Our, our critters here, they're our friends. They're, oh. they're part of the crew. They ain't food. Yeah, Rodney's got coffee. So, you know. Okay, I'm going back in here now. And he's just going to like walk back out of the room. I apologize. What are these lima beans? Is Rodney a lima bean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he has different kinds of beans. Coffee beans. He looks at Dr. Shepard. Are you Rodney? Are you lima beans? I am Axel. It is nice to meet you. He extends his hand. Solrad's already into the kitchen, going to the cabinets to get some beans for our new guest. 
And then again, telepathically, I'm going to say, did he Did he just say his name's asshole? Rodney's just going to look at this guy who has no idea what the hell's going on and just asked about lima beans and stuff, and Rodney's just going to, like, pour the coffee he was bringing to the guy back into the mug, the carafe that's in him, just, like, plush, and then just walk out of the room following info. After a good ten <laughs> seconds of this guy holding out his hand to shake, Shepard's hand and just being ignored, he just pulls it back. Well, hell, that that ain't polite. I'm sorry if I offended you. I simply was wondering if you were here to help. Well, yeah, yeah, we're here to help, and uh, Whiskey will will come up and and stick her hand out from way down below. I'm Whiskey, and uh, this here's Howard, and uh, yeah, I guess we're helping. Ah, Whiskey. What you need? He kind of kneels down and shakes your hand. You must be the captain of this vessel. I thank you for coming to bring me aid. Well. You see, our people are in dire need of help. She sort of perks up. Yeah, we, we do see that. Now, uh, tell me what y'all, what kind of problems y'all have? Has your Lord's Armada not told you anything? Well, they, they don't, they don't tell us a hell of a lot. They just tell us where to go and, and we sort of figure it out from there. You know, we're all smart like. I thank you for coming, but I'm not sure if... You are all going to be enough. After all, you were having problem with just those three lightning drakes. Well, they were assholes. No, it is Axel. I'm sorry. I probably misspoke. Oh, gosh. Everybody. You you all. I have not heard a single word this bird has said because I've been thinking he's named Shirley. I genuinely thought his name was asshole. So I'm, I caught it that time. It's Axel. Everybody don't make that same mistake I did. Oh, like the figure skating jump. Yeah, yeah. I I just missed the entire rest of that conversation. Whiskey, if you could start it over, that'd be great. And that's all telepathically? Yeah. (laughs) Real quick. I I feel like he's probably just always making, like, sly comments and, like, gossip and talking shit about people. It's probably very annoying. Not to be gross, but, like, it would actually be really funny if his name was Asshole, because birds don't even have assholes. It would be like this exotic name. I, Adam, really <laughs> thought Jeremy said, my name's Asshole. And I was like, what the... F- <laughs> like, okay, um, Jeremy, that's a, that's a stretch. That's a choice. Uh, Solrod walks back in and puts her hand out to shake, too, but it's got lima, can of lima beans in it. Uh, th- these are the beans. Here, have some. He holds the can and looks at it and shakes it a little bit and like is looking at the lima beans inside of it and then looks at Shepard. You are not lima beans? <laughs> I'm Dr. Shepard. PhD. I'm Axel. Nice to meet you. I'll shake this time. Nice to meet you, Axel. It's like he notices you really accentuate the X, but he doesn't say anything. And he just reaches in and grabs one of the, the lima beans and just eats it. And then I'm going to reach down and grab that coffee from Rodney and hand it to him, too. So he's got a can of lima beans in one hand and coffee in the other. Those are all the beans we have. He grabs one of those and eats it too. Interesting flavor. I like the aroma on this one, but it does not taste great. He says, trying not to be rude. How How's the combination of the two? He helps himself to another lima bean. This kind of takes like water dirt. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, you got it. Like soil mixed with seawater. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yeah, sounds about and right. And these... He, like, reluctantly eats another one. I mean, you don't... These have strong taste. You don't have to eat them if you don't want to. No, you don't. In fact, I think Soul Red has them all numbered and rationed. That's okay. She'll just skip a meal right near the end, I guess. 
Maybe we'll get back before she needs it. I'm sorry, you were saying a dire threat to your population? Ah, yes. Surely you are aware of our people and the way that we live. Uh, sure. Of course, but just to make sure that we are on the same page. We do. Gary doesn't. Right, you gotta tell the ship, because the AI doesn't know know stuff sometimes. So, you are experts, then? Well, I'm an expert in a lot of shit. Well, you see, our planet is very much covered in water, as you may have noticed. But we, Aarakocra, we control the skies and the land. Except for those pesky lightning drakes, we are supreme in this planet. There are also lizard folk and other types of creatures that, well, lesser creatures, really. As you can see, they want no peace, only war. No interest in building up, only tearing down. But we are different. That is why we have come to form an alliance with you, Lords Armada. Our god, Thoden, he protected this land, keeping us safe from the drakes. One day, Thoden was killed. More drakes than I've ever seen attacked our capital at once. It was at least, I don't know, two dozen or so. Thoden was no match. What is worse, when the storm passed, many of our people were killed trying to defend Thodan, and we believe we know who was behind the attack. Something must be controlling the drakes. You are experts in fighting drakes? Uh, well, I mean, we're good at some stuff. Mm. We've done it. Once. Recently, though. You were there. Very recently. It's fresh. <laughs> you, uh, you said you think somebody else is behind this? Uh, who, do you have an idea who that might be? Well, as you can see, drakes on their own are not much of a problem. But this was different. They were stronger, organized, and something else very strange. The Saogin. We found their bodies laying out near where... Thodan was killed. There was at least a dozen of them. But the Sawagin did not look normal. They had strange, and he looks at Shepard, strange tentacles growing from their faces, much like yours. You do not have Sawagin on your planet? They are... Pardon me, but what is exa- what exactly is a Sawagin? Well, they are monsters, barbarians of the ocean. We might. I mean, they could be called something else. They come at night. They raid air creatures like myself and ground creatures like the lizard folk alike. Even the Kuatoa are afraid of the Sawagin. They are monsters, but they are stupid, and there is no way they could control such things. Yet, there they were. You are experts in Sawagin? Now we are. I mean... He looks at Shepard. Why do they have tentacles? Where did you get yours? Mm, birth. I started as a tadpole, went in somebody's nose, and... Oof. Tentacles. Well, I mean, things with, with uh, tentacly things usually use that for, like, pulling food to their mouths. So, maybe that's why they got tentacles. Unless they're, like, leg tentacles. And then they're for, like, legging. Walking. Moving. Swim- swimming. In the water. That's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> so, c- clearly, I'm an expert. Because I know what tentacles are for. I can see why she is your captain. Very wise. <laughs> you must be very strong as well. Captain knows best. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, too, am strong. I have killed 14 dozen drakes in my time. Damn. I am warrior of the sky. How many drakes have you killed, warrior? Uh, I think just the one so far. But, you know, I haven't run into a whole lot of drakes. I punched a guy named Drake outside a bar once back on Toral. I was there. It was impressive. He deserved it. 
Well, enough talking in this tiny ship. If you have come to help, then follow us. We will take you to our city so we can show you the damage for yourself. Perhaps then you can show off more of your expertise in this situation to help us get revenge. Right. Well, uh, you want to ride with us or are you going to fly? I can lead the way. But my friends here, they look wary of carrying the blaster. Can they place the weapon on your ship? And he's like pointing out the window at the other Terracoker carrying the very large cannon on that uh, platform. I don't see why not. Does it look like it's going to fit? Um, it looks like... <laughs> it's going to be hard to get through the door, but it's, like, about the size of the door. It's pretty pretty wide. Well, yeah, let's give it a shot. Why not? Oh, God. Very well. And he's going to walk out to the side. And you, he, like, is calling out to them with really, like, sounds more than language, or else it would have been translated automatically by the translator on the ship, kind of, like, calling to them almost. And then, I guess because it's louder, they'll fly forward and um, he'll basically tell them that, you know, they can put this thing on the ship. And they begin to take this very large, like, plasma rail cannon that looks like it was built by tech from the Lord's Armada, not, like, based on how they're dressed and the way they're acting from their civilization. And they start, like, loading it onto the ship. And after a couple minutes, the door will close and the, the two of them will stay near the cannon, whereas Axel will walk back in. We are all set if you are ready to take off. It is about 18 miles north. All, all right. Uh, Dr. Shepard, if you would do the honors of making the ship go forward, please. <laughs> yeah, I don't usually <laughs> do that. Uh, Gary? Gary, can you make the ship go? Gary will make the ship go. <laughs> and yeah, the ship will start moving. You got a whiskey, whiskey. Gary, Gary. 18 miles... Did you say north? North. Okay. 18 miles north. Whiskey, you can't just tell Gary to go. He usually will end up, like, at a Dairy Queen or something. <laughs> he goes wherever he wants. You've got to be specific. Sometimes he gets on the train. Right, right. Well, I've been doing this captain thing very long, so... Uh... Gary is heading 18 miles to the north. And, uh... Once again, Axel just seems baffled by this voice coming out of nowhere. What is this Gary? I thought you were Gary. He's, like, he's looking at info. Are you not the Gary? You are a person, but you were made of material like the ship. Info is just like off to the side, having just like leaned in the doorway there. And he looks at Kank looks up and down and he goes, Yeah, and you're made of soft feathers and shit, so, you know. We're all different. Stardust and whatever. I don't know. He, that there is a person. Well, if you were not the Gary, then who is the Gary? You're in the Gary. Sonar just like points at the ship. <laughs> Do you have computers here, Axel? Computers. Are these computers? And he's like pointing at the screens on the wall. Kind of. It's, I, I don't, I actually don't know. I'm. I, we could go back to talking about what constitutes a sentient being. That's more my speed, but life lessons. It's it's a tech piece of technology, like your cannon, or like these screens. There is a piece of technology that allows the ship we are in to speak with a voice that resembles a human voice or an Arakokra voice or whatever. We no longer have computers. The computers that were given to us by you, Lords Armada, were destroyed during the attack. In fact. They destroyed most of the technology that you gave to us. 
Have you tried putting it in rice? Do you have any more of those lasers? Is that why you were sent? Are you going to help us rebuild the technology and get revenge? We can try. Info and Soul Red are good at fixing. I'm good at revenging. Everyone here is good at revenging. Yeah, some people call us the Revengers. <laughs> I, I got a t-shirt made. TM, TM. <laughs> we think it's going to catch on. This is good. There is much destruction to be fixed. I will show you when we get to the city. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Jerundu. And we are the hosts of Dice Talk on the Majestic Goose Podcast Network. Dice Talk is a Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop podcast that dives into the deep topics of tabletop role-playing games. Join us as we speak with passionate content creators, podcasters, authors, and more as we discuss all manner of tabletop and geek-related content. Dice Talk is a bi-weekly show, so we're hitting your podcatchers with fresh new episodes every other week filling your ears with exclusive interviews and conversations that you can't find anywhere else. Every episode is a new opportunity to hear from different creators in the tabletop community and just talk about Dungeons and & Dragons and any other tabletop games that have made us who we are. Dice Talk, now on the Majestic Goose Podcast Network. Make sure you check us out and subscribe so you never miss an episode. A Majestic Goose Podcast. Ow. This is good. There is much destruction to be fixed. I will show you when we get to the city. Over the next few minutes, the Gary is able to kind of, he kind of has, the ship has to move a slightly more slow than usual because of the storm, and it's harder for it to kind of keep straight on track. But before too long, you will actually see these giant stone spires like looming in the distance. They stick out of the water, um, and they go hundreds and hundreds of feet up into the air. And you actually see like, I don't know, it's probably five or six different massive stone spires and on different levels of the spires there are buildings uh so there might be like um a large set of different huts and things built on rock outcroppings at one level and then another 100 meters above them is another large building and then there are bridges linked between all these different places it does seem like for uh, people that do not fly it would be pretty inconvenient and difficult to get around but there are bridges and there are places to walk it definitely is made, though, for Aarakocra, so there's a lot of, like, perches, and a lot of the bridges are quite narrow, and um, if anyone's scared of heights, it's not going to be great for them. But he basically directs you all where to park, and you can land the ship uh, in this kind of large, flat bay that looks like, I mean, it looks more like the technology you were all used to, and you could assume that even this landing bay might have been built with the help of the Lord's Armada. A lot of their buildings are pretty primitive i mean they're not super primitive but they're not like high tech like the moon base they're more like regular house lodgings that you might find on you know out aside of the city on torrell and other than like this area you just see very little uh high tech this is our home and he points to the top where you see like a big flat platform that sits on the very top of the highest spire that is where thoden normally sits he would watch us and protect us but now Thoden is no more. That is why you are here. How recently was the demise of your god? Thoden passed, and he's thinking, it has been 12 nights now. We sent the message as soon as we could, but I suppose it took you some time to get here. I feel like 12 days is pretty yeah. good. 
I have not left this planet, but I have heard that you come from very far. I thank you for coming. Can Thoden come back? I am not sure. You see, our god Thoden lays an egg, and every couple hundred years, the egg hatches, and our god is renewed. But Thoden is dead, and the egg has been taken. Oh. So there's a chance. So we just got to get your egg back. Yes, but... Okay. Axel, if there is one thing that I am an expert in, it is coming back from death. <laughs> she ain't wrong. It's happened quite often. She dies a lot. Are you a god like Thoden? No, but... I mean, she basically is. No. Oh, stop. Uh, No, I'm not a god. I am simply a monk who studies death, I guess. There's not a non-creepy way of saying that, is there? Can I give you any food or somewhere to rest? Or would you all like to see the destruction firsthand? Solred's probably eating out of the open can of lima beans like, food is good. I like food. He does think food is ferrets. Yeah, all the talk about uh, lima beans and coffee beans and everything made made uh, Shepard a little hungry, so Shepard's eating a brain tube. Well, let's uh, let's look at some destruction and then look at some food. Well, I guess eat some food. I don't, I don't just want to look at it. Destroy some food, as it were. Yeah. Very well. He's going to turn to one of the uh, two soldiers, soldier Aarakocca that were with him that are struggling to unload this very heavy cannon, but managing to do so slowly and says, run to the kitchens. Tell them that our guests are here. Prepare them a meal. I will go show them so they can begin their work. One of them, they like got the gun off the ship. Then one of them just kind of is finishing it up like, trying to move it onto some rollers to drag it off to the side. And the one that he told is going to like kind of run a few feet and then leap and then like start soaring off the edge of this platform, just disappearing into the clouds below. Over here, it does seem like um, it's still like misting and sprinkling a little bit, but it is not being affected by the massive storm that you all just went through. In fact, these spires seem to be very high up from the ocean where much of the storm and the clouds and things are actually lower than the level that you're all currently on. And he's just going to continue to guide you. You cannot fly, so we are going to need to walk around. But we are going to travel up there. Up there to the altar place where I can show you what has happened. All right. After you. I think before we leave, um, Solred will want to go around the ship and collect like a small like pouch worth of basic tools because it sounds like there may be some things that need to be fixed, so... She's going to try and arm herself with some, uh, like, wrenches and uh, just different tools and stuff. Does anyone else want to do anything? Uh, Info wants to go look over the edge that that guy just jumped off of. Okay. Info's curious about what's down there. So, yeah, you walk to the to the edge of this, and the platform you're on, it seems like it's made of some sort of stone, like most of the platforms, except it's been overlaid with, like, a fresh almost metallic polish that the Lord's Armada hangers are also coated in. And and it's just, you see like a lot of very technology that's very reflective of one culture juxtaposed next to this technology that's exactly what you're used to at home. So it's very, it's very strange mix. It's like the Lord's Armada's name is written all over this, over parts of this place. And as you walk over to the edge of this platform, you just see below you more buildings, like the rooftops that are connected around various spires. You see clouds and a bit of like the heavy fog rolling in. But for the most part, you just see a lot of buildings that are on different levels going close down. Um, the fog and the clouds in this area are so thick, you cannot see the ocean at all. 
Uh, Info's going to look back and say, Hey, asshole, uh, how do people that can't fly get around here? Well, that will be a challenge, but we will need to walk any points. And you can see that there are bridges and stairways and things like that. Bridges that are linking some, one platform to another. There are these steep stairways that are kind of hugging the outside of the spire, spire and going around it as it leads up. It'll take us some time, but if we are careful, we can get up there safely. Well, you can. I am not too worried. And he just like kind of flies in place, showing you for a moment. You are not scared of heights, are you? We are very high up, even now. Well, I didn't think I was, but we'll find out, won't we? Very well. Well, if you are all ready to depart, I believe we should get a move on. It will take us some time to get up to the top of the spire. The altar place is quite a distance away, even by flight. And it does look like, even though you, I don't know, you probably landed like midway uh, in these, you know, various elevated platforms on these spires... And, and it just seemed like this place goes, you know, up for hundreds of meters and down for hundreds of meters. It's like a pretty decent sized city split amongst these different levels and different heights across these, you know, handful of spires. There's not like a faster way. You don't have like a potion of flying or anything like that for us. We have no need of such things here. If you have your magics, feel free. We will not be offended. No, I don't have any flying magic. I should have got some. What about the thing on the on the Magitech suit that lets you have spider climb? Is that helpful here? Or is it not like a climbing situation? You could do that and just walk up the spire instead of taking the stairs all the way around. Do all the suits have that? Or did you have to... You have it, but you'd have to choose it. So I believe you'd be sacrificing one of the other boons that it can give you. <laughs> I like how we're all trying our... our our damnedest to get out of this fantasy walk, this long walk that we don't even have to really do ourselves. Oh, Ava's gonna take the stairs. Like, if there's one thing Ava can do, it's move and die. (laughs) Is the second thing. Two things. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'll just be walking. Yeah. We're power walking like a couple at the mall. (laughs) Jazzercising. Alright, then he'll say, very well, then follow me. I will walk with you. And he begins to lead you all across this platform. Um, you go down a couple steps and there's another platform. And then there is a bridge. The bridge seems to be, it's like a rope bridge. It is built very well, but it, it looks like it's just made of like mostly wood, a little bit of metal and some very fine ropes. They're like shaking and moving in the, in this weather in this kind of storm, but it looks safe enough, but it, it looks very much like, this place is like really if you don't fly it's like kind of scary it's more like almost looks decorative we must travel across the bridge that leads to the main spire the stairs spiral from there and we can go up for many levels before having to transfer again well, all right let's uh get walking get some cardio in same time everybody or is there a weight limit axel <laughs> we all jump up in the air and freeze and then <laughs> very well let's get a move on then and he begins to walk. You see on Chandros, many of the other creatures that roam the land, and he's saying all this as you're all walking, they tend to be very warlike in their nature. We have tried to make alliances with the lizard folk, for they are the most peaceful, but they often like to keep to themselves. I would not consider them enemies, but they are not allies either. The Sawagin, however, have always been our enemies. They're everyone's enemies, 
Even the Kuatoa fear them. But the Kuatoa are stupid. Even more so than the Sawagin. Do you know of Kuatoa? Yes. And I feel that... We would love to hear you tell it. Yeah. That was rude saying they're stupid. I mean... I'm sorry. They are not very intelligent. I believe your word is dumb. Okay. We... Yes, fish people, right? Well, we don't need to go throwing slurs around. <laughs> how how can you determine that an entire race of creatures' intelligence level? I'm sure they're not a monolith, just as all of the other mm. races are. Right, it's not as though you could just assign a number from 1 to 20 and say, you know, that's their intelligence. Yeah, that's there might be one very smart one that brings the average up. We have tried to communicate with them many times, but they often respond with fear or combat. The Saogun at least will speak, but their carnage for battle is never-ending. The lizard folk are not too bad. Sometimes we trade. They are also hard to trust, as they do not trust us and they are frightful of our might. Wait, I-, I got a question. You can call them lizard folk, but you can't call them fish people? Mm, yeah. Whiskey whiskey would know. Whiskey's got a lizard. This seems like a double standard. Look, lady, I don't make the rules. I, I do have a lizard. His name's Howard, and he's real cute. Oh, that's it. We send Howard to talk to the lizard people. Yes, that's what I was just <laughs> thinking, Info. We can have him as an ambassador of sorts. And the way we're communicating with you, Axel, is through technology that allows us to understand your language, even though we don't speak it. So could we not try to use it with the other races on this planet and see if we can get a clue what they're doing? Certainly, we can try. Like I said, the Kuatoa, I can understand them well enough. It just seems like they don't seem to understand us very well. I don't even know if we need to cross that bridge yet, uh, just yet, <laughs> but... Uh, good bridge, Joe. It's good. Thank you, Ava. I think for now we can just plan this egg heist. Yes. It is of little consequence anyways. You are not here for the Kuatoa. You are here for the Sawagun. But we will get to that later. You say you do not have Sawagun where you come from. I mean, they're... That feels like something that Whiskey would know. Yeah, can we roll some kind of some kind of check to see if they do come? Because I don't know. Yeah. As you're doing that, he'd say, They are shaped like you and me. Arms and legs. They do not have wings like myself, though. They are covered with scales, usually a bluish or green shade. They also have gills and fins coming off of their body. Well, I, I got a, a dirty 20 on my intelligence roll. Okay. So Whiskey got a 20. Info rolled a 25 on history check. Shep got a 6. Oh, man, if I'm rolling. I rolled a 4. So rip. I didn't roll. <laughs> I don't think Ava would know. Yeah, Ava's been the one like, ah, we might have one. I don't know. <laughs> Ava's a human who has not really been in space a lot. So. Silver's traveled a lot, but she must have missed that mission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Info and Whiskey definitely know what Salgans are. Uh, you do have them on Torel. You know that, similar to the way they're they are describing, they are often very, very violent creatures. They live in underwater tribal communities. They're amphibious, and they they are not 
stupid or unintelligent, but they do tend to have a very warlike nature. They're often considered to be even more warlike than goblins and orcs are for the most part. It's not unheard of for them to form alliances, but quite often they're going to only look out for their best interest. But you do know what they are. As you cross the bridge and go down one of these platforms, you now have made your way to the central spire. Uh, it's this big you know, piece of stone jutting way, way up. It's much more wide than the others. And you see looking up, there are various levels that have been constructed into the edge of it on the rocky cliffside. And there are just, I mean, at least, you know, literally hundreds of what looks to be like maybe homes, uh, maybe like two or three room huts that have been built all along various levels of the spire. Uh, none of these huts have bridges or anything leading to them. They have perches on the outside of the stoops that are attached to them, but they seem very much like you would require wings to get to a lot of these. It's only sort of the various platforms and a lot of the main buildings that have bridges of any sort going to them. As you go up um, around this massive spiral and you're walking for, I mean, I would say it's probably been a good 15 or 20 minutes or so. He's going to stop and you see a large entranceway bore into the side of the spire and inside is a, a large room. He's going to begin guiding you all that way. Before we continue in any higher, I want to show you some of the Sawagwin that we have found. None of them were alive, but like I said before, they have tentacles like yours, and that is not normal for Sawagwin on our planet. Perhaps it is more normal on your own. And he's going to guide you all into it. It looks like a like one side of this room has like prison cells, all of which are empty. Um, and then there seems to be uh, like a pit with drains built into the floor and it looks almost like a, a very large, like a mix between a very large shower and a birdbath. And laying in the middle of this birdbath pit, you see like eight mangled Salgan corpses laying on the ground. They're just like not in a pile, but they're all laid out next to each other in a row. And he's going to point at them. And sure enough, you see these scale covered creatures with, you know, gills on the side of their neck. Uh, flared fins that come out just where like a human might have normal ears. They have a kind of spiky fin going all the way from their forehead and down their back, maybe similar to like a bass or something like that. And the ones laying on the ground here seem to be wearing uh, even less than the Aarakocra, just kind of like flaps that cover the lower parts of their body. And then they have these shoulder pauldrons that seem to be made out of large shells. They have very large webbed feet. And these ones in particular seem to have tendrils growing from their face. And Dr. Shepard, they, they look a lot like a lifted tendrils. Is it clear maybe how they had died? Yeah, I think Ava would definitely ask like how they died. When the Drakes attacked, a couple dozen of these Sawagin attacked with them. We are not certain how they got all the way up to the perch so easily and so quickly going unnoticed. We did not even know the attack was happening until it was too late. Normally, Thoadin would warn us and protect us of such things. But Thoadin was the one that fell victim to the attack. Our spearmen took them down. These all died by Aarakocra's spear, but we lost many of our warriors in the process, and our god is no more. Can I do some kind of check on them to see if, like, so I, Adam, well, I get Shepard would know it too, how Illithid pretty much, you know, take tadpoles and put can put them into, like, any humanoid to make an Illithid. Is there any way that uh, any kind of check I could make to see if like it looks like 
these were actually turning into illithids? Like if something put the tadpoles in these in these little dudes? Sure. Um, I guess make an insight check. Dr. Shepard's got some pretty, pretty good stats. Insight's only a plus two, but that was a 16. As you're examining these bodies, you are certain that, I mean, the number of them, the shape of them, they look very, very much illithid in design. But from everything you know about illithids, this is not how the process usually works. Normally, the victim dies and it is used to allow the birth of an illithid and in rare cases something called a neolithid can be born instead and that's only if one of the tadpoles goes uncared for and doesn't feed on uh well brains early enough it grows into a completely different thing but this does not seem to match either of those processes and um there definitely seems to be something very weird going on here and that is where we will end this episode of eclipse Hey everybody, this is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into this story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose podcast network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.